Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh And I think by now if you hear that jingle playing You know that it's time for the spiritual heart Welcome to the program And of course it is Tuesday the 13th of Ramadan 1439 Corresponding with the 29th of May 2018 I'm Wudad Peterson and I'm, I'm your host for the next hour inshallah Our guest in studio of course is none other than Fadwa Buli Hussein And she's a kinesiologist and inspirational person And we are honored to have her in studio now, over the past few weeks, uh, not not weeks, but programs, we dealt with pain and how to work through this to the best of our abilities. Today, we focus on putting Allah first and allowing ourselves to let go of the control that we think we have over our family members, our spouses, our children, and of course, allowing Allah to take over. And uh, I think, you know, the reason for Fadwa being here is, of course, to shed some light on the topic, inshallah. So, assalamu alaikum and welcome to you, Fadwa. Wa alaikum salam, dad, and all the listeners. How are you doing today, first of all? Alhamdulillah, very well. Alhamdulillah. Now, as you've heard me mention there, uh, Fadwa, you know, we want to focus on allowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to take over whichever the problem is within our homes, you know. And we begin with handing everything, um, like our spouses, our children, all those responsibilities that we often think we are the only ones facing, you know, handing that over to Allah and allowing Allah to come into our lives and, you know, take over from there. Yes, it's actually known as surrendering. And also it's quite hard to do, especially for somebody who likes being in control. I'm a person I like being in control. For me to hand anything over, it's hard, especially when you have to delegate your instructions, with whether it's work, whether it's um, home stuff, for someone else to do. Because in our minds, us as perfectionists, we feel that nobody else can do it better than us. But here's a point where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can do everything perfect and much better than we can ever imagine. And it isn't as easy as it sounds. It's easy for me to tell someone, yes, come back to Ajit, come back to our hand it over. But how do you actually take those practical steps? How do you do it? Because if you're not in a good space, and let's say you're in a negative space and you're trying to make sense of your life, it's not easy to actually just accept someone saying, hand it over to God, hand it over to Allah. Why is that? Because your life is not making sense? Because then you start questioning, where is Allah in my situation? Now, I must remember, I mentioned this two weeks ago, that when the pain causes you to bring you closer to Allah, those are all blessings in our lives. And when you're in that painful situation, we can't always see the blessings because we're in that painful hurt, the hurt um, aspect. So I was just telling a client now before I came that pain is a learned behavior pattern. It is shown to you by how you're not feeling in alignment with yourself. The pain is there for the reason to show you need to make some shifts and some changes. But when we as souls come down to earth, we learn those behavior patterns because our souls doesn't know emotion. Only our bodies does. Makes sense. It makes sense what you're saying the uh, Fadwa. Now you spoke about when pain brings you towards Allah. Yes. And I think often we are at that, um, you know, we in that road, we're part of that journey. We're standing at a point looking, you know, is this going to bring me closer to Allah? Or is this going to push me no further? Yes. And, you know, often some people take the route to, towards Allah and some people take the opposite route. Yes, I many, I many times get this thing when they say, why should I actually do it when I'm going to be punished in any case? Have you heard that one already? Oh, I might as well just carry on with what I'm doing because Allah's punishing me, so um, I'm, I'm going to be punished, so I might as well. 
you know this is the attitude of uh, quite a few youngsters now today and sometimes older people as well and um, but the common one that they tell a person is this is my life and I have to carry my own sins too and you shouldn't judge and and it's not about the judgment is that when you see someone doing wrong, I mean, Mufti Ming says this a lot, remind the person and just remind him of Allah, remind him of um, the Quran. I mean, I've, I've got a close friend or, and I could see that the life wasn't going according to. And what I did was I just said, I'd like to have a word with you. And I sent him a nice thing that I got um, from the Quran, basically, that says that when you see someone doing wrong, just remind them. Because if you look at the Quran, it's we constantly reminded over and over. We reminded about the salah. We reminded about hijab. We reminded constantly because why? We as humans we forget. So it's not like we sometimes want to be on someone's case. It's just we need that gentle reminder. And also, it's not what you say. It's perhaps how you say it to someone. Exactly. You've kind of hit the nail right, <laughs> <laughs> right on its head there, um, uh, Fadwa. I think this. Uh, you know, when you're speaking about, you know, dealing with people. It comes back to how we deal with things, how we respond to things. And of course, you know, with uh, being a mother, I think a mother has like so many roles to play mm-hmm. because you're the teacher in the home. You, what you do, your actions actually show um, as a guidance to your children that this is the way we should be living, you yes. know. And so I think a lot of people take it so hard on ourselves that we don't allow ourselves to make mistakes. Yes. And so when we fall, it's so hard to pick up the pieces. But we're forgetting one thing, that Allah is most merciful and Allah is forgiving. Of course. And when you're falling, you're falling in the perfect position because you're falling on your knees in the position to pray. Isn't it? So when you're surrendering as well, you need to go back. This is bringing you back to humility. When anything happens to you, whether it's financial circumstances, whether it's marital circumstances, Allah is pulling that rug out of your feet so that you can go down on your knees and you can rely totally on Him and go into the surrender part of your life and saying that now I hand it over, I'm no longer in control. I like that one saying of let go and let God. And over that steering wheel and say, you steer my life for me. Instead of trying to control, like when I mentioned, when we in that river and the river's flowing, what do we want to do as human? We want to f- swim back to where the times were good in our life, right? And our lives are going to be one minute, it's going to be up, one minute, it's going to be down. It's about staying present and not allowing us to go on the roller coaster ride, but to be present and let something happen around us and not let it affect us. So how does one come out of that mindset? How, what are the first steps to take towards changing your own mindset, mm-hmm. making sure that I never go back into that space, that I look forward and, I, and I'm always reminded that Allah is on top of things. Allah is the security that I need in my life. Allah is the sustainer, the nourisher. How do I keep firm? You know, what are the basics in order to go into that direction of always staying in that mindset? Focus on what you want. That's what the answer will be. A very easy answer. (laughs) Easy, but quite complex. Because if I ask most people, what do you want in life? They answer me with, I don't know. So if you don't know where your life is heading, if you don't have a plan for your life, your life will start planning it for you. And your surroundings will start planning it for you. So if you don't have a goal, right, you are going to follow other people's goals. If you don't have a dream, you're going to follow other people's dream and that is going to wear you out and that is going to make you sad in the end and it's going to cause you pain in your life. 
Now, Fadua, you've you've opened a new can <laughs> of worms here. <laughs> That's what I, I do, eh? <laughs> so I think we're going to be taking a short ad break, but I just also want to remind the listeners to please interact with us. You know, let us know what you think about the program. Let us know what your questions are about the topic we are speaking about today on the SMS line 47913 and, of course, the WhatsApp line 072-238-0712. We'll be back right after this. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. If you've just joined in or switched on your radio, you're listening to the voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. Of course, you listen to the program, The Spiritual Heart. And I hope so far that you are enjoying the conversation. If you're listening to the background, all the knocking happening there, it's part of the new studios. And of course, uh, Butarashat, very hard at work trying to put things together. But unfortunately, we do apologize for the sound, the knocking noise in the background. Um, hope that you can forgive us. Inshallah. Then we come back to the topic we spoke about just before the ad break, and that, of course, is planning your future. Um, and of course, uh, what what Fadwa said was, if you don't plan your future, your future plans for you. Those were the words that you left us with, Fadwa. Yes. So the question is, like like I said earlier, when you're asking someone, or I experience a lot in my therapy room, what do you want? Right? People can answer me. They say, I don't know. So if you don't know what you want. How do you know where you're going to head? Um, everybody else is going to take over your life for you. So I had this experience in Makkah on Mahaj, um, and I'm going to refer to Mahaj quite a lot because there I had wow moments where it was so profound and the stuff I carry with me every day in my daily life. So five years ago I was on Hajj and there was a moment between Maghrib and Isha when I sat on the on the basically the third floor of the Haram and I got some information at the time. And the information I got at the time, when I looked at my phone, I got an SMS while I was waiting now for Isha. And what I went through was, Ya Allah, please, one minute I was saying, change it for me. And the next minute I was saying, make it easy for me. Because I was in a space of turmoil within myself. And, you know, all of a sudden I heard this voice and I'm sure it was... Allah's voice that came through intuition or something but it was loud and clear as rain a firm voice that I heard which was basically what do you want with a pause and I thought to myself like am I hearing this am I the only one hearing this and I looked and it sounded like it was on the mics of the haram and the words that I heard was what do you want how do you expect me to give you what you want if I if you don't know what you want and I sat there with tears in my eyes because then I realized that I didn't know what I want. One, I was pushing and pulling with myself. I was one minute asking for it to be okay, the next minute I was changing it. So if you are pushing yourself, pushing and pulling, whether it's with a partner, whether it's with yourself, you're not going to be able to have direction. You're going to be pushing and pulling all the time. But if you know and say, this is what I want for sure, this is what I want for certain, your energy, everything will be shifting in that direction. So once you have a direction of which you have your life you want to go, it's going to go that way, whether negative or positive. If you're going to complain all the time, that energy is going to create a situation for you to complain all the time. If you're in a space of gratitude and you know where you're heading and you have these goals and dreams for yourself, for your spouse, for your children, it's going to go in that direction because energy goes where thought flows. Where your thought is, energy flows. 
So you need to know exactly where you are heading and what you want for yourself, whether negative or positive. Okay, so I think, you know, I'm listening to what you're saying, Fatwaban. You know, sometimes our journeys, our past, you know, bring us to this point where um, you are so confused. Mm-hmm. You are just so confused. You don't know what's right for you. You don't know what's wrong for you. And I think a lot of people struggle with that as a challenge on every day. You know, simple decisions one cannot make. It's because of all, I think, what makes a person is, of course, your past. It's the journey you've been on. Mm -hmm. So how does one get rid of that? How does one start with new beginnings? We've spoken about connecting with Allah, handing things over to Allah. But how does one sincerely start within yourself? to make the changes the changes that's necessary so definitely you you make the near you say Allah this is what I would like for myself mm. I had a person that came into my therapy room not long ago and she said like what do I do and automatically my intuition said sadaka I said and the number just came up I said buy a hundred loaves of bread and make sadaka so sadaka will basically help you on with your past as well. Remember the past the past. There's nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. The past is just now memory. Detaching you. you have to detach from the past because if you're going to constantly go into the past, what's going to happen? You're going to start getting depression because depression is trying to change the past. When you're living in the space of constant worry and anxiety, you are worrying about the future. The future hasn't happened yet. You need to be constantly in the now. And it's not always easy because you've got a past and you've got a future. But if you're constantly in the now by living one minute at a time, day by day, then you won't be going through on the seesaw of what if, if only, and you know. So you're going to be in the, sp- in the pure state of now in the now and also trusting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide your life and steer your life for you without trying to prevent it that where the control comes in okay so you spoke about detaching oneself from your past right yes and we all know that's so much easier said than done Done, yes detaching yourself from the past you can be ready to move on to a new Mm -hmm. future but people will always remember the mistakes you made yes because that's what people do is human nature they forget that the good that you did but they always bring up that one bad situation that is human nature all you can do is just make dua because if you can forgive yourself for it it shouldn't worry you shouldn't worry about it because see this is where your self-worth comes in yeah when you're in a Which space was my next question <laughs> oh, well, okay so i'm reading minds now as well <laughs> <laughs> so if you're in a good space with yourself in self-worth and you know that you have changed in character and your character is with a with the utmost of um basic how can i say now your focus is the Allah consciousness then you're not going to worry about the comments and the judgments of people around you but that can only happen once you realize your self-worth yes it can only happen once you realize your self-worth once you know and love yourself you're not going to worry about the next person it's it's not easy because we are driven by societal pressures we are driven by societal judgment and what has made it worse today is social media facebook um, looking at WhatsApp statuses, yes. you're looking at Instagram. So all the judgment is going on every single day. People look at that all their eyes. You're posting some good positive things. They're commenting about how, I mean, I get that. Uh, people say, oh, I get so sick when I see, I mean, one woman told me, I get so sick when I see your page uh, because I just see Rumi and I see, and I'm, so what I told her was, then and unfriend me, unfollow me. This is who I am. If you don't like it, that's your problem. It's not my problem. Because the thing is, people want to control you from sitting and being a keyboard warrior, right? They become um, they become nasty. They become mm. those bullies on the on the program. I mean, on the playground, right? They become those keyboard warriors by trying to insult the next person, 
Firstly, and secondly, they do it in company when they run somebody else down by trying to be positive. If you don't like being positive, go sit in your negative corner. That is not my problem. Okay, so sometimes these judgments ruins, pe ruins people's yeah, lives. It does. Um, we can make an example of pers a person who's been an alcoholic mm -hmm. or a drug addict or a person who used to gamble. And I'm sure we all know people in our communities and yes. our families, you know, who've had a past. Yes. They had this kind of past, but there came a point in their life where they decided to give everything up for the sake of Allah. Mm -hmm. And so now they're this new person or at least striving to become closer to Allah. And then the memories of people, you know, pe the memories that people have are always there to bring you know to be reminded for them to be reminded of where they've been and so now you want to be this pious person mm -hmm. and you want to be that and you're forgetting the past yes so my question here Fadwa is that you know um, we, it's easy for us to say just to, to to focus on the future and focus on being yourself bettering yourself mm. but what do we do in a situation where you constantly your past or people's assumptions of you are always in the way and they are always there to sit around you um, and, and I know a lot of people can relate to this and always trying to bring you down okay remember they are only human they're trying to bring you down if somebody trying to deal for you they're gonna fall in that hole it's been proven over and over Allah says they can plan but I plan better if you are you know those constant bullies out there you get them in children you get them in adulthood where they are constantly being nasty to other people Allah sees all this all of this they sees and then you see how he uplifts that person on a level that nobody else can take them down Definitely. from so we shouldn't be worried what people think and say of us although we do get affected because of society but if we got with a conscious thing and say, Yalla, this is how I'm feeling, this is what's hurting my heart, this is what people are saying about me, please make this stop, Allah will uplift you. Definitely. And if it's not now on this earth, it's going to be in the Akhirah, inshallah. Inshallah. And like we know, you know, everyone has their challenges and these are, this is what this program is about, you know, to deal, to help one another deal with our individual challenges. Um, I've got a question here, it's a few questions that have actually have come through. Mm -hmm. The first one here says, Assalamu alaikum, I have a son who is a drug addict, he's living on the street, but we decided to take him back once again this Ramadan. He was only here for four days, then decided to leave again, so I'm feeling very broken, heartbroken, and this is not the first time we tried to help him as um, for I think more than 10 years this has been going on now. I really don't know what to do anymore except to leave him in Allah's hands. But still, how do I cope as a mother? It really breaks my heart. This is goes to all mothers out there who has drug addicts past or, I mean, past or present situation sons. If your child does not want to be fixed, try not to fix it because this is where the control comes in. Right? Um, it was good for you to open up your home, but the drug addict, sometimes the behavior that the substance does to this, it changes that child or that person completely. Then it's not even your own child, it's an unrecognizable person. The drug addict usually has the best hearts. Right? But because of the substance, they become these evil manipulators because this is how shaitan basically controls them. With the case of um, drug addict, all you need to do is really let go and now you need to let God. You're going to have to leave this in Allah's hands. Just on that, uh, I just want to add to this listener who's, who's sent through this question is that, you know, when you're living with an addict, Everything, if you haven't let go and you mm -hmm. haven't gotten to that point yet, when that addict feels down, you're going to feel down. Yes. 
When that person is happy, you're going to feel happy. And you need so to let go of that eggshells that you're working on because then you are fawning. Fawning is basically looking at someone else's behavior patterns and mimicking that. So when the person is on high, you want to be on high. You need to choose what emotion you want to be in and never mind that other person because then they know how to manipulate you. And, they, and a drug addict or anybody on this earth can only manipulate you if there's guilt attached. And in most cases, the parent feels guilty that they have wronged their um, duty as a mother and that you should let go of because that child has chosen that path exactly. he had a choice if you have other children let's say this woman got five children and the one chooses that path remember you didn't fail as a mother because the other children all turned out fine he chose that path he chose to walk down that line by being yes on one level weak and another level the pain is running from so there's different aspects to people being drug addicts it's not just one aspect there's many facets of it but you as a parent need to know that you did the best that you can with the tools that you have and if you choose the Allah consciousness and constantly keep that in mind then you have not failed and I think the words you just mentioned there, Fadwa, really should take to heart. Um, just draw the line, you know. Draw the line think boundaries. about yourself. Yes. And, of course, your whole life you sit down, you are basing, you're basing that on how the emotion of the, the addict and what the son is feeling. So I think it's time to do something for yourself, inshallah. And I hope that you um, would benefit from the advice that Fadwa is giving today, inshallah. Then we've got another message here. It says, I hope everyone is well in studio. Alhamdulillah. Ramadan Karim to all. We were talking this morning about reminders being good for the soul and etc uh, people and things won't just change because we of course we want them to it's Allah that is in control of everything and we need to to make sober and know that Allah will be by our side inshallah absolutely this I mean, reminds me of a childhood memory mm-hmm. you know um, our parents always used to remind us that Allah's in control Allah's uh, Allah is the person um, well, the, not the person Allah's in control of what we do and the skies the trees the animals Animals, everything that um, that we look is in control. We look at is in control of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and so this reminds me of that, Fadwa. Yes, we have to because nothing happens without the will of Allah. Not the leaf folds without the will of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So if you just can't get to that point, and the the parents out there that um, that are stressing about their children, all you can do right now, especially this big month of Ramadan, is make constant du'a for your kids and ask Allah to perform that miracle for them to be back on the straight path. You know something very profound that I've read in the Quran on Hajj in English is basically Allah says, I choose who I want on my straight path and I choose who I don't want on my straight path. And that knocked me like a ton of bricks because why I judge Judgment comes in when we see someone not walking the path and then we constantly judge them yes right but now that brought me to a point of non-judgment although it is very hard because our left brain and right brain automatically you're going to have judgment so um, it brings us to the point of if that person is off the path what if Allah subhanahu wa is that's part of that person's test and not wanting him on the path again and for him to or him or her to pull himself and realize the Allah consciousness so if Allah performs that miracle and say I want you back on my straight path that miracle will cause and nobody else can stop that another question here Fadwa says Assalamualaikum Shukran for the beautiful program I went on Hajj last year Alhamdulillah I somehow cannot let go I don't know what it is but I cannot even wear my normal clothes I'm still wearing the clothes I wore when I was on Hajj didn't you wash the clothes I'm <laughs> just kidding <laughs> <laughs> okay, so okay. some advice for this. So that means you feel comfortable in that um, 
in that God, then Alhamdulillah, then do that. And if people want to judge you, it's, it's their judgment, you know. Remember, if people judge you and they've got, they're only judging themselves, it's only their perception of who they are as a person. Mm-hmm. Okay, so still so many messages coming through. Uh, Fadu, another one here says, Assalamu alaikum. Um, I think, yeah, it says, just I'm physically exhausted. I'm thoroughly enjoying your, your interesting radio show. Missed last Tuesday's episode, but heard the recap yesterday. First hour was rather short and uh, just so interesting with all the info. Could us listeners not request a 90-minute or two-hour show if it would suit you? Shukran and um, all the best. So, inshallah, send your message. Just through, and uh, I can't promise anything, as you know. Um, you know, the, the the day, of course, is packed with different individual programs, but we can, of course, forward your request, inshallah. inshallah. Then we've got another one here. So many questions coming through, alhamdulillah. Assalamu alaikum. I'm married for 28 years. Husband always blame me for everything that goes wrong, mm-hmm. always putting me down, feel depressed, and he's out of work now. I have to be the breadwinner, even though I'm not working. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think just before we we answer that question there, um, Fadwa, and give that listener some advice, we take a short ad break. When we come back, we'll continue on the program, The Spiritual Heart. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to the spiritual heart. And uh, by the look of the SMSs and the requests coming in, of course, I think listeners are enjoying the program today, alhamdulillah. And uh, just touching, you know, recapping on what we've spoken about here today. We've spoken about getting closer to Allah, letting go and handing things over to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One more reason for doing that, of course, is that there is no guarantee that we're going to see another Ramadan, that we're going to see another day, another moment. Moment, and so making the most of what we have. Mm-hmm. Are you listening, Fadwa? <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> okay, so um, just just touching, um, you know, based with, with the question that came in as well before the ad break, um, some listeners seeking some advice, asking that she's married for 28 years, husband always blames her for everything that goes wrong, always putting putting her down, and she feels very very depressed. He's out of work now. Uh, she says that I have to be the breadwinner as well, even though I'm not working. Okay, the question I have this lady is always, like always putting you down. Is there not one moment that he never put you down in your marriage? So the thing is with these kind of things where we constantly feel the victim and you're blaming someone else, you can only feel in that space if you're going to allow him to make you feel that way. Nobody can make you feel anything. If there's guilt attached and you're feeling guilty, you need to release that guilt for whatever guilt it is. You need to just release it. Saying that, what I said last week, I released the need to feel guilty. Say it over and over until you feel that it's actually shifted within yourself, in your physiology. Because the thing is, you're allowing your husband to do what he is doing to you. And secondly, is he as a man must provide for you, right? So if you are in a space where you're not working and he's now expecting you to do it, just say, no, I'm not going to, and you sit back. But as women, what we do is we tend to rescue. 
And now we must just get to a point where we say we're not going to do that and he needs to do that. And then you ask yourself, what is it that you want for yourself in the marriage? And I got this uh, question yesterday as well um, that came through that I also wanted to touch on. Okay, the question there was many women listen and take advice from other women and it leads to breaking up of marriages. Yes, this is a very, very pertinent thing that we need to focus on as the community. Do not take any advice from marriages from a person who is not qualified to give advice. If this person is not a trained facilitator in marriage or within um, whatever forum where it comes to marriage, you cannot take advice from somebody who is not trained and qualified for. You know the latest in our community is if somebody falters in their marriage and they confide in somebody, the, the quickest thing the person does is leave him, lost him, he's worthless. Um, you take the advice from that person, that person walks away when you're in trouble, then nobody's there to help you and rescue you. Right? Even though you're supposed to rescue yourself. So my, I had a client now not too long ago as well. Came to me, was on the brink of divorce. The, the first talak went through. Right? And, and all of a sudden my intuition was saying that she's being influenced by people. And when I asked her this question is, who's the people in your life that is steering you into a divorce? It basically came up, it was a, basically a close friend of hers and a relative. And then I asked them, what was the state of your friend and your relative's um, marital status. They both divorced. The one was divorced three or four times, has been married three or four times, and the other one I can't remember now exactly. And then I looked at her and I asked her the question of what do you want? I brought her back to a space of her remembering her husband's and her relationship. You know, I did some processes with her of getting back to that point because you're so busy looking at the bad that that person is doing, your spouse is doing, that you're not confiding in someone mm -hmm. else. And what the, someone else is telling you is, yes, the men are narcissists. That's like the popular word that they're using nowadays. The narcissist, you must do this, you must do that. You're taking all those advice. You're being fueled by a flame that doesn't pertain to you. They are giving you advice from their map of the world, which is their life story. You cannot take advice from someone like that. That is why in when we are taught in uh, NLP, when we are taught in um, even listening to Dr. John DiMartini, we have taught that you don't give advice. That person needs to seek the advice within themselves. And be careful who you're taking that advice from. And be careful who you're from. taking advice and also be careful who you're confiding in because Shaitan got ways and means to use and manipulate that information and also feel the person to steer you in a direction where you don't want to head down. Another question you've got here says, a beautiful program. You make it sound so easy. You're so positive, alhamdulillah. And I wish I could be like that. And I know I know that, you know, we all have it within ourselves. We just need to ignite what we yes, have. Yes, I'm only your mirror reflection. If you can basically hear my positivity in myself, that means you've got it within you. I am basically igniting something that is in you because we've got the traits of each other. We've got so many different traits. And when you judge someone, you're actually only seeing you. When you can compliment somebody, it's your mirror of who you are. Yes. So all you need to do is step into that. Another question here says, I asked my drug addict daughter not to come around anymore. Now th for this Ramadan, because she really annoys me so much. I think this is just taking the step and drawing boundaries. The boundaries, yes, because if she is annoying you so much, you need to choose yourself. And sometimes hard to push those um, children away. I know of a woman that basically turned her back on her son. And she said it was so heartbreaking seeing her son walking down the street looking like a baby, basically. And um, today, Alhamdulillah is off drugs because why she applied the traffic tough love approach mm -hmm. 
it was heartbreaking for your entire family to see him see him in that um, situation coming to beg by the door for food and being in this constant stupor this mind stupor you know being all torn and tattered and ragged today alhamdulillah he's living a life and he's he's chosen a better path for himself so you need to apply the tough love and it's hard but you're going to have to draw the strength from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Another question that has come in here says, I just want to know if your mother favors and shows it openly in front of others, always insulting, what, what must you as a sibling do uh, to, to uh, favor um, from who she is and always let you feel out? I'm not too sure what the last part means, but the person feels uncomfortable and feels that the mother is probably always, you know, just picking on them. Okay, so um, this again comes down to self-worth. Because parents tend to do that. Um, subconsciously, unconsciously, they tend to do that. And it's usually about how they were raised as um, as a sibling. Yeah. So it's sometimes just passed down from generation to generation. But it's very hard, especially when we seek the love and approval from our parent, for them to say something positive. You're going to have to just not, if they push your buttons in that way, that's the time you bat your salawat. That's the time you actually turn to Allah and say, help me in this process. When you go over to, to go to greet your parents, ask Allah to guide your tongue and ask Him to protect you with His energy because those things does harm and it does affect you. But some parents also have this way of playing children up against each other. It's all about manipulation to get what they want out. Mm-hmm. And you need to catch that as well and ask yourself if you're going to play into that, you know? Definitely, I agree with you 100% there, Fadwa. Um, the last comment that I've got here or, me, or a question for today is, I'm always angry and unhappy. I don't know how to let go. Even this year, I find I'm not spiritually attached to Ramadan. Then I definitely um, suggest come see me for a consultation because it sounds like you just need a spiritual cleanse, um, especially when there's anger and feeling so disconnected. Sometimes there's too much happening and too much energy that your body's absorbed and then you actually feel like you can't focus, you know, and then it's good to just have a good spiritual cleanse. Another one here, I think the last one for today is I'm very depressed every day that I don't have the willpower to lose weight. It's weighing me down. I don't know what to do. Every day I look in the mirror and see someone else. Help, Kanala. Okay, so the weight doesn't necessarily mean the weight. The weight is a baggage that you're carrying until you're ready to let go of that pain and the baggage because the weight is most cases that the, um, besides what you're eating, it's the protection you're needing from the outside world. So you need to choose yourself and when you start loving yourself, you will see that the, choose, the food choice that you make will start changing inshallah but it all starts with a conscious decision and ask Allah to help you in this regard and there's a beautiful book that you can read is losing your pounds of pain from Doreen Virtue and there's another one of uh, Madden Williamson where she basically talks about that exact thing about um, your weight and your and using the spiritual aspect of turning to God for your weight. So there's two good books that you can read as Losing the Pounds of Pain and Marian Williamson's, um, I'm not too sure on the name, I will get the name because I do have the book. So it's all about the weight loss and okay. um, the spiritual aspect of weight loss. Okay, another one here says, Widad and Fadwa Shukran for a wonderful program. Miss you, Widad, from Auntie Zahra, girly, girly. <laughs> and of course, those are our regular callers for requests and dedications. But don't worry, we'll be back after Ramadan, still taking those requests and dedications, inshallah. But for now, we are enjoying this program thoroughly. It's called The Spiritual Heart, and it's exclusive to this Ramadan. Uh, so tap into us uh, every Monday and Tuesday uh, between 12 and 1. We are 
quickly running out of time, Fadwa. So lastly, just share your details with listeners. Okay, man. Now, cell numbers 0827443232. I repeat, 0827443232. Any questions, you can send via WhatsApp. I'm not always available to take calls because I'm in consultations. And um, please, listeners, I asked yesterday, anybody that do add me to their phone, do not send me a whole lot of chain mail and videos and photos because I use my phone for business purposes. Okay, shukran so much to you, Fadwa. We've got so many messages that still needs to be attended, questions that we want to answer. But I'll forward all of these to next week, inshallah. So we'll be back Monday between 12 and 1. To those of us, you know, um, with the various issues that we are trying to, you know, resolve and, and work through to better ourselves. But I think just a message to leave everybody with is that we are in the second half of the month of Ramadan, the month of Allah's forgiveness. And so we ask Allah and we turn to Allah subhanahu uh, to to be the overseer and the handler of all our affairs to the best of Allah's ability and not of ours of what we vision. So we put our trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that is what our program was all about today, handing over our problems to Allah, the one and only, the Khafurur Rahim and of course the sustainer and nourisher. Uh, from myself, Uda Peterson and Auntie Abida showing me on the other side, your time is up, your time is up. Um, yes, our time is up for today. We'll be back next week inshallah. So from myself, Uda Peterson as well as Fadwa and Auntie Abida, we leave you in the hands of Allah and we say assalamu alaikum. Rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.